You're listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense with your host, Doug Thorpe. Here's Doug. Hello again, everyone. This is Leadership Powered by Common Sense, and you're listening to Doug Thorpe. And I do have a guest today who's going to join us. His name is Matt Schaup. And Matt is uh, out of Colorado. He is a successful entrepreneur and business coach and uh, kind of leadership guru. And since that's what our show's about, I invited Matt to join us and share some of his stories getting through the businesses that he's helped created and run. So Matt, welcome to the show. Doug, thanks for having me. I've been uh, excited to meet with you ever since we first met. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, one of the things I, I'm going to be totally transparent here. Matt was very gracious when the uh, arrangement was made for this show. He sent me a, a very nice welcome kit that had a, uh, a coffee espresso device in it with some custom coffee. Is that one of your enterprises? Let me just ask you that. You know what it is, is it's um, that's just a passion of mine that I've been able to turn into something really fun that we do in the business. So we we don't sell coffee or coffee boilers, but we have a little spot here in our building downstairs. It's called Cafe Sevilla, and it's a, a spot where people can come by and we show love to them. And um, anybody that donates to it uh, gets to send help us send students to Spain through Colorado State University. We've got a scholarship there. And that just started with my love of Spain and Spanish coffee and then just sharing that with other people. Oh, very neat. <clears throat> well, uh, publicly, I will thank you. I've already thanked you privately for the gift, but I'll do <laughs> thank it publicly. You. It, was a, it was a great surprise when the package arrived. And uh, so, so let's just, if you will, kind of just in a short form, could you recap some of the enterprises and businesses you've gotten involved in over the years? Yeah, so I, I currently own M&E Painting and Roofing. So we founded M&E Painting back in 2005, and uh, we've now incorporated roofing, gutters, and other exterior home services. So we're coming up on two decades and have a uh, book of residential and commercial real estate. So I help people buy and sell real estate, and then we've got a couple of investments as well. And uh, then I am a co-owner of Northern Colorado Jiu-Jitsu. We are a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu judo and self-defense academy and that again was another passion that uh, me and a buddy got together that trained together for a long time and now we've got a business and everything's all here in uh, in one building and then what i've done with all of that is from stories throughout growing all of those companies um, i'm an author a speaker and a coach you call me a leadership guru i would say thanks but i'm i'm always learning and, and getting better so I, I wouldn't say i'm a guru it's just, it's a passion of mine. I love, I love people and I love stories, hearing stories, sharing stories, and then just helping people get, get better in life and business. Cause it's really all the same thing when you, when you strip it down to its fundamentals. Yeah. Well, I, I think the, uh, and, and I credit you for just even having a curiosity about leadership because quite honestly, not everybody does. People go into business, they get busy with the thing, whatever it may be, the service or the product, and they quickly realize they need a team to help really grow the business. And if you've got a team, guess what? leadership's going to be a factor whether you know it or not <laughs> and, and yes <laughs> you believe in it or not and the more you can do to you know groom yourself to to become a better leader the better the business will be in general so that's a theme that i've seen play out and i help a lot of my small business clients today do just that 
and uh, it, it yeah. is a challenge. I, I found out very quickly in the early days of business when I founded my painting company, I, I'm naturally gifted with the gift of gab marketing sales. I've been doing that since I was a little kid. I knocked on doors and shoveled snow and cut grass and sold candy bars. So I was good at that part of the business. But yeah, when it got to hiring, training, and just leading and understanding people and how they tick and how to lead them and, and how to be a, a leader, not a boss, um, I found out that I was really and and I could not understand why people didn't want to stay in the company. And initially I just defaulted to just getting angry and upset about it, which was an issue I had to go through. But when I really found out that that business life leadership, right, it's just humans serving other humans. We get together with a collective goal, vision, and cause. And then we drive forward towards that, right? Marriage is that, friendships are that, business is that. Business is married um, with, you know, or measured with profit and loss statements, right? There's dollars and cents involved. But in just about all those categories, I wasn't great at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, what, uh, if I may ask, what were some of the early lessons you figured out and, and were able to turn around? Yeah, a couple, couple of lessons is when you when you get into business or you get into anything where you're going to be working with it, you can't be selfish. Uh, you have other people to think about, other people to care about. Now, you also don't want to be a martyr at the same time. Pour into other people, understand their story, understand their vision and goals, and then to help them accomplish that. And then that's going to help you accomplish your vision and goals. Hey, hey, Matt, we're, we're getting audio fade in and out on your end. Are you? Yeah. Okay. Let me, let me just do something really quick and see if I can make that better. If you just give me a second. Sure been experimenting with some new headphones and I don't know that I like them because you've now told me that I think twice. <laughs> Give me just a second here. Yeah. All right. How are we doing now? Yeah, that's good. Awesome. Perfect. All right. I'm going to, my, my signal here is for the editors. They'll know that something's going on. They need to look at it. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. Do you want me to pick it back up? Or yeah, I'll pick it, pick it back up with the question of, uh, you know, what were some of the early lessons you figured out to uh, improve and assert your leadership influence? Okay, sounds good. All right. Yeah, great question. A uh, couple of important things as I think back is one thing is just I didn't understand people and that their stories matter. And when somebody comes to work with you and, and for you in a business, now, they're giving you 40, 50, sometimes more hours per week of, of their life. And, you know, you're giving them a, a job and they're getting paid and they provide the service to the company, but they, they've got bigger goals, dreams, aspirations in life. And I just didn't know how to connect with people at that level. I was very, um, you know, very commoditized. Here's, here's what we're paying. Here's what you're doing. Hey, this isn't working. And there was no deeper connection. So I would say first thing is understanding people and their stories what their goals, dreams, and visions are, and then connecting with people. And I wasn't great at connecting with people because, and this is the point of Painted Baby, the book I wrote is um, I was always putting on this facade, this picture-perfect, A-plus, five-star, shiny marketing brochure. I'm this awesome business guy. And I would never take a risk and be brave and vulnerable with like, hey, here's some things that I've screwed up. Here's some things I don't know. And I really led with a lot of ego, 
attitude. And, and I had a lot to prove because that was a lot of just where I came from. And I was just dealing with that personally. So the lesson in all that is you will connect with others when you're brave and vulnerable and you take a risk and you know share something that might put you at risk. And your, your business will only grow to the degree that you do personally. So I've really noticed as my companies have grown and the leadership dynamic has grown, it's really just been as I've grown and, and then shared that with others and, and done that together. We've talked before on the show about a story of an entrepreneur uh, also over in, in the Denver area. He owns a plumbing company and one of the things he inserted or installed early on in his business, he brings his whole team together, everybody, you know, journeyman, apprentice, gopher, you know, warehouse guy, everybody comes together once a quarter and they have a vision board party. They, every person is challenged to map out and update their own personal vision board you know, what, what's next in your life? What, what are you shooting for? What are you thinking about? What are you working on? And <clears throat> he tells a great story that he had a, a new plumber join his team and, and was now coming to the first episode of this event. And the guy, all he could think about to put on his board was the fact he wanted to buy two bicycles for his little girls. <clears throat> and he really genuinely couldn't think of anything else. That was his focus. That was his passion. That's what he felt to be a personal achievement. That's what he needed to do is figure out how to get enough money over and above his regular budget to buy these bicycles. Well, the owner of the company knew already in the back of his mind, he's got all these great spot promotional programs at his business. So he said to that guy, he said, we're going to crush this goal. Let me tell you more about what we do here. And, and, and he got into it. And sure enough, it was only a matter of about two weeks of this guy getting on board with all their promotional ideas. And, you know, it, it, and it was all related to growing the brand with clients, with homeowners who use their plumbing services. And this guy, this individual just got real busy, did all the work and scored really high on all the KPIs and the metrics and won a bunch of those spot bonuses and poof, bicycles were done and now he was ready. And next time he came around for the vision board, he had a lot more ideas about what he wanted to do. He did. And I mean, I've, and I've seen, and, and this is true to my story for a while, is I didn't know what that meant to, to vision until somebody showed that me, to me. So as a leader, you have to show somebody what visioning is that you actually can vision and then help them to achieve that. Because the day in, day out of business, right, if it's just about hit your numbers, hit your KPIs, you're a cog in the wheel, like things get hard. People have life outside of business and everybody's always dealing with something. That's something that, that I've really learned is you, you, you never know what people are dealing with. So just kindness and compassion, you know, give, giving some space for that. But yeah, when there's a bigger thing to work towards and they see that they can do it and then they attain it, it just, it, it works that muscle, right? It's really like a, like a muscle and it's cool to see where a lot of our team has started and where they've ended up. I've got a really fun story if we wanted to dive a little bit deeper into vision, but it's it's an amazing story of a team member. He's no longer with us, but that was his vision. And we helped him get there and he's changing people's lives. Yeah, yeah, T tell us more about that story. 
So in 2012, uh, we'd been about seven years in business and we were really getting to a point where we needed to split off and have another project manager. So we had been working with a gentleman, his name is uh, Rick Scadden, and uh, he's happy that I share this story with everybody. And uh, he had just moved into town and was doing a lot of just contract piecework here and there. So go repair some siding, fix a window, you know, get the houses ready to paint. And when I met him, uh, he'd work during the day and then he'd go to Bible study and be involved in his church at night. So, I mean, he was very involved in his church, very much a Jesus follower, very vocal about it. And I'm like, ah, oh, what, what a nice guy, super kind, super just, just good, good human. And every once in a while, he'd be on a job site and he'd get upset. You know, customer would say something and it would just kind of catch him off guard and he'd kind of get a little angry and he'd kind of pop off. I called it getting a little gangster. And I said, hey, what is that about? And he's like, well, when we get to know each other, I'll share with you a little bit more just where I came from before we met. So I offered him a position to be promoted to in-house full-time you know, employed team member, project manager. And he said, hey, do you run background checks? Because I've got some felonies. We need to go sit down and have coffee. And he shared a story with me. He grew up in a neighborhood rife with um, drugs, drug addiction, gangs, and all the activities that, you know, people would do to, to pay for that kind of lifestyle. So he's seen and done just about everything from, you know, drugs to alcohol from, from a young age. And uh, he got to a point where, you know, five, six years prior to us meeting, he was at a party. He was with his fiance, found out fiance's cheating on him. He's been drinking all day. He rips off in a vehicle out of that party just in a in a rage and goes speeding down one of the main roads outside of Denver and uh, ran a red light, T-boned a car and ended up killing somebody. And oh. I'm in prison for, for taking another man's life. Right. So like we're we're sitting here six or seven years after that incident. We're sitting in a coffee shop and he was brave and vulnerable and laid that on the table like he's he's at a risk right there but he's like matt i found god in prison i turned my life over to jesus i buckled down i started following the word and, and what he says and i want to be a pastor and right now i'm out putting siding on houses and painting houses and you know coming to work for you because i want to pay off debt i've got a family i just got married i've got some twin girls that, that just came like life hit them all at once when he got out of prison and he said, here's what I want. So I said, Hey, before we bring you on, it's, it's now 2013. I want you to paint the picture of 2016 and then 2019. So his three and then three. So six year vision was that he was quitting our company to go be a pastor. And I'm over in Spain in 2019 hiking the Camino. I'm in Northwest Spain and uh, my phone rings and it's him. We actually pay for our team members to go through a two day process called a life plan where they sit down with a facilitator and they map out their life, they find their purpose and their calling and then map out how to get there. And I knew when he did that, that he would call me and his life statement would confirm what he already knew. So I picked up the phone and he read it to me. And I was like, well, we gotta, we gotta get you out of M&D painting as quick as possible. And he said, yeah. So towards the end of 2019, he transitioned out um, to become a full-time pastor. And we go back, we recently go back and uh, have read his past visions that he's been updating. And it's just been the coolest thing to see. You know, he's sitting in prison a decade ago, right? And now he's a lead pastor of a church and he's speaking on platforms all because he lined that out and painted that picture into the future. And it was so cool to help him get there. 
think a lot of business owners say, well, you know, we don't want our employees to get too big and too great because then they're going to leave us. And, oh, that's that's a very selfish comment. It's like, no, I want it every day for that guy to get to that point to be able to step out and do what he's called to do. Yeah, you, you raise a great point, and that is a fear, particularly in the home service and trade-oriented industries. Uh, I can't tell you how many company owners I've run across that the first time an employee whispers the idea of going independent, the owner just flips a switch, and, and now that person is dead to them. You know, it's you're dead to me if, if you're going to do that. And uh, for several of the owners that I have had the privilege of working with, their mindset is a perfect 180 of that idea. Like, mm -hmm. like you described, when the, when the person comes up and says, I've got this longer term vision, then these more, I'll call them more enlightened leaders will say, awesome, let's figure out how to get you there. And if, if my... That's business is just a bridge, a temporary bridge for you getting there. I'm good with that. I will help you. I'll coach you. I'll mentor you. And uh, back to the one gentleman in, in uh, Denver there that owns the plumbing company, he has had that. And he tells a story in his time with his business. He's had five different guys, master uh, plumbers, show up and say, I think I want to run my own company. And his answer is great. For the next 90 days, I will make time to sit with you and we will talk about what it means to own a business and run a business. And the very long story short is four out of five guys, after they did all that, they go, yeah, you know what? I'm pretty happy doing what I'm doing right now. When, when, when yes. you really describe and share, thank you for sharing. I don't need to do that anymore. I'm going to take that off my vision board that... I can do more than enough right here with, you know, if I work hard and stay on your bus and I'll, I'll be fine with that. No, I, I love that. And it's, it's interesting because I'm in, you can see this in every industry I'm in. So painting, roofing, residential contracting, and then, you know, real estate, oh, we're going to leave the brokerage, go here, we're going to go start a brokerage and then jujitsu. I mean, there are five jujitsu schools in Loveland, Colorado, and in Northern Colorado that came from one original jujitsu school where people ended up leaving. And I think what, you know, the first thing is just the abundance and love and contribution side of the equation, right? The opposite of that is just fear, scarcity, and anger. So great. We have somebody here. Hey, I want to work for five years and then I want to go start my own thing. Okay, great. Like we'll, we'll coach you. We'll, we'll help you. Now we've got, I think, three competing painting companies here in town that used to work for us, right? They worked here at M&E and two out of those three, you know, came to me and they said, hey, here's the goal. Here's where I want to be. Here's how I want to make this split. You know, we're not going to steal clients. We're going to do everything on the up and up. And I still see these people and talk to these people and support these people. We interchange referrals when we're too busy. Now, we've also had on the flip side, um, and this is where leaders also need to, you know, face this reality is we had somebody who worked for us who put in notice, said, no, I'm not going to go start another painting company. I'm going to get into a totally different industry. So I'm going to give you two weeks. I'll get all my jobs closed out. And what he was really doing was logging into the CRM, downloading all of the client information and then stealing work. So um, we ended up having a different conversation. Um, I did not stay in touch with him and gave him every opportunity to own that. And, you know, that's how those things can end sometime. 
But and and those experiences for me, I'll be honest with you, as a leader, I sit here and I'm like, huh, maybe maybe I should rein back a little bit of what we're pouring into people. Um, maybe I shouldn't go teach this person all about business. But but when you look at it, you can't let one person's decision of how they do something when he was lying, cheating, stealing, and being dishonest, you know, that's a reflection of him. You can't change who you are as a leader when the one out of five or one out of ten times something like that happens. So. Right. <clears throat> right. Well, back to the original point, I, I, I love the theme of, of really yourself as a leader being vulnerable and open, but then also appreciating that in others. And uh, I realize it's a little more academic and a little more scientific, but I often talk to my clients about the um, infamous Maslow's hierarchy, yes. you know, in the principle there, just for those listening that don't remember it or never knew about it, it's a, it's a pyramid of human existence. And, and our, our, our baseline existence is simply survival. It's the caveman in the cave, you know, is, is the lion going to eat me or am I going to eat him? You know, and, and that's that worry. But as you get those questions resolved, and obviously in our modern world, it's, it's easier to resolve those things, albeit not certain for everybody, right? Um, but the point is, there are levels in this thing up to self-actualization and sort of, a, I call it optimized living, Well, your employees show up with that in their mind and in their heart, and they're bouncing up and down on that hierarchy. Hmm. I mean, if they had a big fight with the spouse on the way out the door to go to work, they're not focused on your deal, <laughs> at, least not, at least not maybe through the morning. You know, they've got to get over whatever personal challenge they're involved with to be able to focus and show up. And as a leader, you can't just you can't just, you know, fire them on the spot for obviously not being connected to the work for a minute. And, you know, it, it's a challenge, though, as a leader to dial in, tune in and pay attention to all those moving parts. And I love that you mentioned Maslow's hierarchy because that that person, that team member, right, they're bouncing all up and down. They're like, maybe they're short rent that month and they're wondering how they're going to put food on the table, right, to all the way up to, you know, big purpose. They have this big realization they're moving through. Your company also provides provision at all of those different levels, right? So, like, one thing I always say as a leader, if if what you're paying somebody does not support what they need to be paid to not go upside down and underwater don't pull that trigger don't move forward they can love your job love your vision love the job description but they're going to come home and, and be upside down every day and we like to have that conversation with somebody we're going to hire into their spouse me and my wife sit down with them so you've got that baseline they need to feel safe right and contributed to from just the basics but then you have self-actualization at the top. What's your purpose, your vision, your dreams? Rick, you want to be a pastor. But then right above the basics is the human need to connect. And I wrote about this in Painted Baby. We have this urge and this yearning to connect with other people. And when the leader can go first and say, hey, here's a moment when I screwed up or I'm not perfect. Hey, I'm human too. I dropped the ball. All of a sudden it open up, opens up the door for this other person to do that and then they'll reciprocate. But as leaders, we you have to connect with your team before you can take them to that level. I actually call it uh, pouring into people. We just had some stickers made. I, I literally would have sent you one with the coffee, but they came in like three days after we sent your coffee. 
It's the combination of three words that start with C. It's connection, contribution, and care. So when you can deeply connect with somebody and understand their story so you can contribute to their to their life and, and actually care about who they are as a person, it's the intersection of those three things. Like for us, that's what I love doing every day. That's the sweet spot in our business. That's what differentiates us from other companies. And um, I, I just encourage everybody to really look into those three things and how they can implement that into their business with their team and also front facing to their customers and their community. Yeah. Well, you know, related to all of that is the idea that, you know, somewhere in some business school, somebody came up with the idea that uh, the people are my most valuable asset. Well, I, as my career and experience has evolved, I, I've, I've come to the place that that's a horrible way to think about your team. And as soon as you say that they're an asset, you immediately either consciously or subconsciously relegate them to some attribute somewhere in your mix of numbers. And mm -hmm. if you if you stand on that square for too long, I, I think it's too easy to miss the human side of the human participation in your enterprise and what yeah. people need to do for and with you. And the more you can do to to just treat them as a you know fellow human being, recognize and I mean you don't have to bow down by any means, but you at least can and probably should think of them as equals on the human scale. Well, and I love that you share that because you say, "Oh, this person's an asset." So I'm thinking, I, I think I just said that about somebody the other day. They're a great asset to the company. Right. So it puts them as a as a cog, a, a, almost a piece of equipment versus the same thing. Yes, they bring value. They're bringing a return. But it's like, wow, Kevin, he's our COO of M&D Painting and Roofing, shows up every day. And this guy brings all of himself, his story, his skill set, his passions, and he brings immense value to people and makes their life better. So talking about it in that language and that, yes, is is an asset. But, yeah, you got to you got to be careful with with the words. I've got a, a little saying I say a lot that if you focus on the profit, the people will run. When you pour into people, the profit will come. Hmm. So, you know, I, I, somebody told me once, Matt, don't be a dummy. Your business needs to make money. Like you need to have money in the bank or it's not, it's the fuel that fuels the business. But when that's your only focus and you're focusing on that at the expense of people or without consideration of people, I've been there. Things Things don't work. That profit doesn't hang around. So I really encourage business owners, you focus on the people, building them up, all these things we talked about, and then letting them find their sweet spot where they can connect, contribute, care for people with an overarching gifting and then learned skill set that, that feeds your company and what you do. They're, they're all going to be a player, rock star assets, right? Those are the business terms, um, but you're just going to have fun working with them as well. Well, not to beat the wording of this to death, but to refer to somebody as an asset, if it's just in the spirit of high value, high contributor, you know, meaningful member of the team, okay, assets, probably not a bad word, but I think too often people that are trying to kind of learn the business side of things hear somebody say that about the team and the people 
and it immediately pushes them into that mode of, yeah, it's it's like buying a new piece of equipment. No, your yeah. people aren't that. Yeah. Yeah. They're way more than that. And you can get a lot more from them if you if you really focus your leadership ideas on how to do that. So the, the word that bothers me is employee. I hate that word. I, I do everything I can. My HR team, we have an outsourced HR. They're like, you have to say it's an employment handbook. I'm like, it's a team. We're a team. We're a family. So just employee versus team member, just the connotation of that. Um, these are my employees versus we are a team. Yes. Level playing field, right? There's a high, there's a hierarchy, right? CEO, COO, department heads. But, but yeah, the words do matter. And it's super important in leadership. And I'm, and I'm really glad you touched on that. Yeah, and, and just in a little bit of time we've got left here, are there any other big focus areas that you had to learn the hard way and, and move into? <laughs> so many, gosh, so many. You know, I just, I come back to, for me, I think the biggest key to my success is understanding where I'm at in my personal journey, my personal faith, spiritual journey, mental health, um, you know, there's been times when I was not in good places and not healthy places, and it totally flows into the business, right? So you can have the best business vision, operations manual team, but if you show up every day and you've got something in your life and your story and your background, um, whether people know about it or not, you have not handled that. You have not overcome that. You have not called yourself out. I call it the three C's of changing your story. There's something you need to change in your story and you're not it is going to be a detriment to your business. And, and if it's a not good thing, it's going to show up in the business and it might not be showing up now, but it will leak into the business. So just overarching things. I grew up as a young kid. I got bullied and abused growing up. So I was very angry about it. And I actually found business and knocking on doors as a 10 year old as a source and sense of identity and certainty and value. So with that, the more I did that, the more worthy people would find me. So I thought, so this pursuit of business and money was really fueled by anger and a sense of needing to prove worthiness to people. So when I grew m and painting from hundred dollars in the bank to a multimillion dollar company, that was all done with anger. Like we grew a big company, like we, we have great things in the community that we developed. But I was just super pissed off 22 to 26, 27 year old. So I got called out in a really big way by a coach, by a business coach, right? This is what you do. He's like, Matt, how come every time you almost get to this next level and you're almost there, have you noticed this? He says, um, something just tends to blow up and it's everybody else's fault and you just blow your top. Hmm. And then he goes, hmm. And then I got mad at him and I screamed at him. <laughs> so yeah, yeah that, that's one example of just, just check yourself, call yourself out, have somebody in your life that has permission, invitation, and connection with you to call you out on the, the crap that you need to deal with and then deal with it. Yeah. And it's hard. Yeah, you know, much has been spoken and written about the stories we tell ourselves, uh, those infamous tapes. And uh, I, uh, uh, I met, a, met a man yesterday, actually, at my church, and he's someone I'd been told stories about, and he was happened to be there. 
<clears throat> guest visitor type, <clears throat> but he had been a career long music minister. But lo and behold, as we got to talking, turns out his parents wanted him to learn piano when he was a young boy. And he did about two years, hated every minute of it. And, and the instructor stood up to the parents and said, he's not in it and I'm not going to take your money and waste my time doing this. You know, he's got to figure out what he really wants to do. And if, if he ever really wants to learn how to play piano, I'm happy to come back and work with you. But for the moment we're done. And, and, you know, for some that might've tainted them, but for him, it actually inspired him to, he liked music. He just didn't like the process of learning how to play piano. But then lo and behold, <clears throat> he, Turns out he did take away enough learning in those two years that he, in the later years, when he shifted his focus, he, he realized piano was a great tool to be a music minister. That's usually a, a, a parallel. So he pretty much self-taught, and now he's allegedly, I haven't heard him play yet, but those who know him well say he's just a, a master at piano and does most of it by sight. I mean, by ear, not sight, you know, so, and, uh, you know, so as he was telling that story, I was doing my coach thing. I was checking some stuff off in my mind. I thought, what a great story, because too often our whole adult life is shaped by the stories we were told as younger people, children and adolescent. And if those negative stories take root, you're, you're, you got a big uphill climb. Yes, the stories that, that you hear others tell you about yourself that you then deem to be true and, and plant that into you, and then you go live it out that way. And then all of a sudden, it's just confirmation bias all day long. Well, look, it must be true because I'm searching for the truth in that. And yeah, for me, I had to really, I had to rewrite my program. You know, like my business theme was not pour into people um, 10, 15 years ago, right? I, I really shifted from that that anger and fear mentality to love and appreciation and and contribution and yeah and my you know my faith's played a, a huge part of that as well so if you have faith-based listeners um be don't be scared to be bold and declare that and share that and stand on that um you may have some people that don't understand it don't agree with it but for me when you can go to work every day love people be kind to people uh, we had a customer the other day uh, her husband was in the process of getting ready to pass away from cancer. And she came in to pay her bill. We're just like, don't pay the bill. We're going to cover it. And what do, what do you need? What can we do for you right now? And she's like, I just want you to pray with me. Like I've never done that in 20 years of business, but I'm like, that's what she needs right now. So that's, that's what we did. Wow. That's yeah. great. No, so, so very true. Well, Matt, we are about up on time and I really appreciate you sitting in and sharing all these things. Tell folks the best way to get a hold of you. Yeah, best way is mattshout.com. Very good. Well, as always, we will have the, that link in the show notes. So if you're listening on your favorite streaming service or want to check us out on YouTube, a video by the same name, leadership powered by common sense hop over there leave a comment let us know what you want to do and uh, certainly uh, if, if you're interested in learning more about matt's story on how he's built his business says plural 
uh, click that link, get in touch, and uh, you'll you'll see a lot more there on that website. So, Matt, one last time, thanks, man, for sitting. Thank in. you, Doug. Appreciate you. All right, with that, folks, we're gonna sign off. Say goodbye. Go out there, make it a great day. You've been listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense, hosted by Doug Thorpe. If you would like to know more about the coaching and advisory services he provides, visit DougThorpe.com.